Hello and welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast, the podcast specialising in Edinburgh football. From Hearts, Hibs, Edinburgh City and matters from the Lone League. Callum is alongside me. Callum, how are we doing? What steps are we on? Uh, uh, what, what am I on? Uh, 9,230. 800 so, to go? Aye, uh, 800 to go. I need to get my wee 10,000, so I'll go for a wee stroll after this. <laughs> um, but aye, what about yourself, mate? How are you doing? Yes, I'm uh, off placement. I've got two assignments to do, so trying to fit a podcast in amongst two assignments is... The priority, correct. Correct, is the priority. Callum, tonight's running order will be Hibs, as they won, Hearts, Edinburgh City, Spartans, where we have an interview with former Spartan uh, Grinchy, Craig Stevenson, and current Spartan Ian McFarland, or Subo. And we'll then go on to speak about Civil and Edinburgh Uni. Callum's alongside me, waiting I'm still here, because uh, I said that Hibs actually won. I, I, I just, I feel like that's a bit... Uh, Alright, okay, all right, we'll, we'll just keep going. Let's just, on we go. I want to start off the, the podcast on a positive note. Oh, of course, of course. Let's let's dive in. Uh, so Hibs, yes, Cam. It was Motherwell last week. We said three points was vital. Yeah, hundred percent. To 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 bolster the the top six um, prospects, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, Richard Gordon came out Cam at half time and said that's as good a performance he's seen in Hibs in years. Well, he must have missed the first twenty seconds when Lewis Stevenson almost scored an own goal. But no, in all honesty, Hibs, Hibs were actually very good on. On Saturday, it was tough to find a sort of weak link uh, in amongst the squad when the man of the match was awarded and it was Paul Hanlon. Um, honestly, could have been six or seven others. It was just a complete performance from a lot of the, a lot of the boys and thoroughly deserved win. I think we said last week it was must needed for, I mean, it goes a long way for Hibs to be top six if they won that game and, you know, I sat here last week and said 2-0 Hibs, so I'm absolutely delighted that I was spot on with my prediction. But mm. look, Hibs were just all over the park, I think, far better than Motherwell and just just deserved just deserved the, the three points. It was a solid display, clean sheet, and you know, Heckenbottom came in. Was he the first choice? We don't know. There was a lot of talk surrounding his appointment, but that is 13 points out of 15 in, in the league and you know, fair enough, went out the cup to Celtic, but I'm beating in the league, so he is, he's absolutely flying with, with what he's doing, and, you know, Hibs are, Hibs are looking good at the moment. Yeah. 4-4-2, was it 4-5-1? What, what did it go with? <sighs> well, see, that's the thing, I think it was more 4-5-1, uh, or sort of 4-2-3-1, um, or even a 4-1-4-1. Right. The, the thing is, the boys on the park, because very fluid, as, as we were saying uh, earlier, uh, about three, three, four weeks ago with Hibs, the formation can change like that. I think Stevie Mallon sat at the, it just sat in front of the the back four. I thought he was very impressive. He uh, had an assist, but also just his all round play was very good. And then you know he goes, boys in the middle of the park. Omiyonga was brilliant. Daryl Horgan, who we've been intrigued by yeah. this season because you never know if he's going to be fantastic or brutal so a little bit of both on on Saturday but you know just all over the part it was, it was very good I thought Canberry on the left wing he's loving that role mm. and then up front and Matt I mean Matt McNally up front could have had four or five yeah. uh, but such is the way Hibs are playing that it was never in doubt yeah. you know 
in all, in all honesty, it's exactly the type of performance, the type of result that really a Hibs team should be doing. It should yeah. be turn up at Easter Road on a Saturday afternoon and it should be, you know, almost mm. every time facing teams like no disrespect, but like your Motherwells, like your Kilmarnicks, like your Sir Johnstons, they, 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 they should be turned up to Easter Road and Hibs should be putting Putting on a bit of a show and, and picking up three um, points. Well, look, Hibs have played Motherwell twice at home this season and have won 3 0 and 2 0 and haven't had to get out of sort of first gear, really. So, but it was it was Motherwell away that really spit, spelt the end of Neil Lennon's tenure. You know, mm-hmm. it was that performance where Hibs were just lackluster and it sums the club up that in that short space of time since Neil Lennon's gone. You know, Heckenbottom has won as many games in his first five as Lennon did in his last 16. You know, and that's... Mm. There's still Hibs fans out there who think that the sun shines out of Neil Lennon's backside, but for where he was taking Hibs, born winner, absolutely not. Uh, Hibs Hibs would have been on for a very poor poor end of the season if Neil Lennon had still been in charge, but Mm. I think... Going in the right direction and playing some nice stuff. Spectres come in, Callum. What are you expecting? Uh, absolutely no idea. Look, the boy's got a pedigree. Uh, you've got to look at that. I think 250 combined appearances in the Championship and English Premiership. I mean, it could all mean nothing because he could be absolutely brutal up here. I mean, look at Freddie Lundberg when he signed for Celtic. You know, <laughs> what a player. Absolutely mm. rotten up here. So, mm. uh, we don't know. I think he'll be solid at the back. It's exactly what Hibs needs, a little bit of cover in all areas because for some reason David Gray just loves throwing himself into tackles when Hibs are cruising. So <laughs> it's something that he needs to work on. But one of the things that I did pick up at the game is guy behind me was slating David Gray for the first half hour. You know, like he's not good enough to play for Hibs, he's this and that. And I'm like, first of all, well, he clearly <laughs> is. But second of all, David Gray can do whatever job at Easter Road he wants to do. Because of a certain day in May in 2016. So, next thing you know, ball comes in, he gets, gets on the end of it, scores, and the boy's up of his feet, you know, biggest David Gray fan in the world. Like, I mean, <laughs> Unveils a David Gray. <laughs> like, Shut literally, he's got the tattoos on and everything. I love David Gray and that. I'm like, come on, eh? <laughs> like, pick, pick your moments, but. Football fans, eh? Oh, tell me about it. But it's, look, it's Hibs. Am I surprised at the impact Tekken Bottoms had? Yes and no, because Hibs have played teams that they should be beating, you know, mm. but under Neil Lennon, they weren't beating those teams. So, hey, it's a fantastic run, but next three games before the split, and I'll I'll hold off before we, we do hearts, because I've got their next three games down. And yeah, remember yeah. when we did December and we did a wee prediction? Okay. So I was thinking we could do the sort of same again, but... In all honesty, Hibs and Hearts have a very tough running before the split. Some tough games, so I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they get on. Because it's been, you know, it's been interesting for Hibs. They've they've beaten the teams that they should be beating: St Johnston, Dundee, uh, Hamilton, Motherwell. Again, no, no real disrespect, but you know, given the budget etc. that Hibs have, they they should be putting on uh, a home home draw against Rangers. Yeah. International break now, Calm. I asked this question a couple of months ago. You've asked this question every international break. I have. On. Has it come at a bad time? Has it come at a good time or a bad time for Hibs? Uh, I think it's actually fine. I actually think that it's just because Hibs aren't in any sort of crisis, I think it's actually come at it's an okay time. There's no 
real oh no that's the international break what a disaster but at the same time there's there's no real um you know unless Mark McNulty gets you know off the plane in Kazakhstan and he's got like a broken leg then it's panic stations but <laughs> you know I don't think I don't think it's a bad time for for Hibs to have a little break a few boys to just uh, recharge batteries you know it gives guys like Ryan Gold uh, Spectre that we mentioned a chance to get a little bit fitter you know Martin Boyle I think if Hibs are challenging for something towards the end of the season, then he might be back on the part. If Hibs are just sort of in the top six but not really doing anything, then I think he'll wait till next year. But it definitely definitely gives Ryan Golds, who, I mean, I almost forgot that Hibs had him, uh, Thomas Agupong, you know, there's a forgotten man for you. God knows where he is. Yeah. If, uh, if, he, if he resurfaces, then... You know, maybe maybe he's a couple of weeks away. So I think it gives Hibs a good chance to get a few boys back fit and, you know, ready to go for three tough games before the split. Yeah, well, as you say, Cal, I mean, even in last week's game, you know, David Gray has to come off injured. Yeah, it gives up, own, yeah but yeah. it gives him the opportunity to, to recover. And, mm-hmm. it, yeah, perhaps I probably agree with you. Um, probably not a, a disaster this time, but like you say, they just need to keep Mark McNulty fit, don't we? I mean, he has come in and... He's been an absolute revelation. Seven goals in nine. Um, mm. Considering his first couple of appearances were off the bench at home to Aberdeen and uh, away to Celtic. So, you know, his first couple of games, he's he's coming off the bench, not really getting a getting a good chance. But I think for the main part, he's just been phenomenal. You know, it's, just... it's not even, you know, the the goal scoring record. The goal scoring record's brilliant. But his all-round play is yeah. so, so impressive. Every ball that comes into him sticks. He's provided a few assists in there. Right, yeah. He's almost the, the whole package. Oh, he's absolutely fantastic. And it's it's a worrying thing because I would have loved Tibbs to have been able to keep hold of him for longer. But, you know, the way he's playing, there's not a chance that Hibs will, Hibs will be able to... I mean, Hibs could try and get him again in the summer, but... Uh, unless Reading are just wanting shot of him, but he's got a f- he got a four year deal there in, in last summer, so and they spent a million on him, so they'll be wanting a fair fair whack back. But if Reading do want to sell, there's other teams in Scotland. That yeah, be I, looking. I, I can imagine there's there's <laughs> a certain team that play in the west of uh, Glasgow that seem to like to steal whatever Hibs do, so yeah, they they they'd probably be interested in signing him, but. Look, if the rumours are true about Leicester City wanting to buy John McGinn, then that'll be about twenty million. Hibs have got about a twenty percent sell on clause in there, so whatever we make there, just give that straight to them for Mark McNally. Okay. Moving on to Hearts, Callum and well, we said it was gonna be a tough game, but we thought Hearts would would had would have enough to come in with three points <coughs> and Yeah, but it's a, a disappointing result away at Hamilton. But we did we, we warned Hearts fans, we, we warned Hearts that Hamilton had picked up a few a few good results, you know, we up to Aberdeen, picked up all yeah, three up there. They, they went up to Aberdeen and did well, but look, I'm sorry. We we sat here first first or second podcast that we did and Hearts went through to Hamilton Hamilton and won four one. And it was four going on about forty. Uh, the we we picked up on the bond between the fans and yes. the team. Yeah. You know, it was absolutely full the away end. Yeah. Just uh, the celebrations, boys getting involved, it was absolutely fantastic. But you looked at that in the space of, you know, eight eight short months 
and it couldn't be couldn't be further. You know, mm-hmm. I think the the result last week, uh, beating Dundee, massive. It was needed. Then you've got beating Partick, so through the semi final, and the the whole optimism trip to Hamden, buses being booked. Everyone's <laughs> like, come on, and then all of a sudden. You know, you go through a Hamilton case, you want to keep the feel good factor going, and that is that's not a great result. No, that is no. poor. The goal itself, some finish, by the way, it's a fantastic finish. Aye. not you know, a fantastic finish. I'm not sure that no the, pressure on the ball, Callum. No, and then where, where, the, the, the concern for me who's marking him is well, it would, be, it would have been Mulaney, but is that the problem? Was well, Garuccio not playing left back? Oh, I'm not sure now. I thought they started four four two. Interesting. Well, regardless, the left sided player no one is there. has to be covering. No one's no one's near him there. I think. I mean, I watched the highlights, and the, I think I think the most disappointing thing um, for myself was one shot on target. Hearts had one shot on target there. That that is unacceptable. Uh, in it says, I mean, that goes back to. So, I mean, there's been enough spoken about Hearts away form for, like, from us, years gone by, that it was brutal. Now, this season, they've actually looked like they've turned a corner at times. You know, they've won umpteen games away from home that you wouldn't have expected them to over over the course of a season. But, look, sorry, excuse me, another thing. Vanacek hooked at half time. Incredible. You know, this this is a guy who came in and in January, look, Vanacek is is massive, you know, and you're sitting there like he's he's gonna be he's gonna be brilliant. There was people turning up at the airport to welcome him. <laughs> you know, it was just oh my god, what what signing and what a letdown. Mm. You know, I mean if you're looking at it right Hart signed Davy Vanacek. Hib signed Mark McNulty. Mm. It's true. There's something that 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 me and you as as I'm you sure, and I, I'm sure it won't take uh, a a rocket science to work out that we do side with the the green side of Edinburgh. But it's something we've spoke about, and it's something Hearts don't do very often either on this topic, Callum. Is is why don't Hibs and Hearts sign players from proven players? From SPL sides, it's something they don't do very I will, often. I will, I will tell you for why, right? And I, I can reel off x amount of examples for you mm. that have come from both sides. Okay, mm. Hibs, you're looking at uh, Owen Tudor Jones. You're looking at <laughs> Liam Craig. Okay, you're looking at what Rowan Vine. You know, did well at St Johnston. Let's get him in. Hearts, Jamie Hamill, Medi Tau. You know, I'm sorry, but Hearts and Hibs do. Sign players from teams that are in and around the the SPL, but it's just it doesn't always work out like that. I mean, Hearts had a lot of success. Kevin Kyle, he was fantastic. Yeah, but you but look at someone that was well received at Hearts last season, Cam Tony Watt. You tell me, Vanacek's better than Tony Watt. Seen how well he's done well, this season. I mean, Tony Watt was signed on loan from Charlton, but uh, I think <sighs> did he score enough goals in a Hearts jersey? Not so much, and that wasn't last season. That was two years ago. Two years ago. Ah, um, but I think, I think the thing is, look, 
Uh, Hearts are massively missing Kyle Lafferty up front. And they're missing, I know we keep saying it. They're missing yes. Stephen Naismith. Aye, missing Stephen Naismith, but aye, they're, they're missing Stephen Naismith, but that's that's obvious. Kyle Lafferty, what? Has not six, been has not been replaced. Six hundred and fifty thousand, six hundred odd thousand they got from uh, mm. at the start of the season. He has done the square root of Jack at at Ibrox this season. I think he scored like two goals. Mm. You know, Stephen Gerrard signed him because he scored against Celtic a few times. Correct. Now, Kyle Lafferty at Hearts last season, what sixteen, seventeen goals? Yeah. Absolutely frightening, and he just led that line and he got the club, and just it was a match made in heaven. He's yep. Went to Rangers because a Rangers fan and everything, and it's it's not worked out for him. But Hearts did not replace Lafferty. Correct. Now Uchi. I, well, they did, but with risks. Yeah, Uchi. Now don't get me wrong, Uchi, fantastic. He's brilliant at holding the ball up, but he needs someone to play off. He's not a goal scorer, and we raised yeah. this when we looked. I know we. Yeah. You can look at the stats how you wish, but we did mention this. But Uchi didn't see Uchi's, lots of goals. Yeah, Uchi's not going to score. Um, 20, 25 goals no. a season he's going to be 10, 15 yeah. Stephen McLean we, we spoke about the fact that uh, well look there you go that's why Hibs and Hearts do not <laughs> sign players from in and around the SPFL yeah, because I, look mm. at Stephen McLean mm. there you go there is a prime example of someone who is well let's be honest he's not done well at Hearts yeah, but, you, you, but you, you have to pick your, your players sensibly from, from those leagues I mean but, you look at that, that's yeah. he is a pro what what you said a proven SPFL yeah. player okay. a player that's played in the Scottish Premiership for several years uh, I'm sorry yeah. but that is that is a player that is exactly falls into that criteria so okay. look I that's that's why Hibs and Hearts go the sort of un, untried and untested route because these these signings backfire you know yeah. Liam Craig how often was he fantastic for uh, St Johnston? How many mm. goals did he score, etc.? He comes to Hibs. Awful. Yeah, he's tripped him a few goals at Hibs as well, mind, but he also missed uh, a penalty at Tynecastle. Missed a penalty at Tynecastle, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. That's why you can't forgive him. That's why I can't. I used to love Liam Craig as well. Missed <laughs> a penalty at Tyne. Callum, social media has sort of erupted over the weekend after that Hearts defeat, and a lot of people are not happy at the manager. Well, I I think the thing is, a lot of people haven't been happy with the manager for a long time. And Levine has... Look, this this is the stat that... Um, what I think... What was it? Um, I think Hearts, in the first 10 games, took... Like... An, a ridiculous amount, I think 24 points or something. And then, in the like, previous... In the in the following twenty Obviously, games, yeah, yeah. you know, the they've same. taken like ha- I don't know, but I can't I can't quite remember the stat. But I mean, if you compare the first ten games of the season and then the following twenty, it's absolute night and day with Hearts. Mm. Now they had a fantastic start to the season, and I think that that bought Craig Levine some time. Agreed. The injuries that bought Craig Levine some time because look, no excuse. no one's expecting a team like I mean your your Celtics and your Rangers with the squad depth that they have. They could probably cope, but I mean, Hearts can't cope with losing Berra, Suter, Naismith, Uchi, yeah. Haring, you know, yeah. who played through an op. So, like, they, they can't cope with that. So, mm-hmm. it was understandable that the sort of wheels fell off the wagon a little bit. Not to the extent that they did, but you could understand that why a few performances weren't quite there. Now, I think it's come to the point of, well, these boys are back, and 
it's not improving. And I think a lot of Hearts fans have given Levine as much as they can because I think they're all desperate for, you know, because, you know, he is such a Hearts man. Mm-hmm. For him to be involved in a Hearts team that wins that wins a trophy, because, I mean, he's never won a medal throughout his professional playing career or coaching career, so mm. he's never done that. And I think a lot of Hearts fans want him to win a, win a trophy with, with Hearts, and it's just... I think a Chuck lot, out Craig Levine's health as well, that wouldn't have helped either. No, I mean, I think I think a lot of them are, are sort of at the end of the terror. Well, I'll say it on my personal opinion, Callum. He has to play Keena and Cochrane to get the fans back on side. And I'll say that again and I think See, I don't I don't I don't think that a couple of young boys would would get the fans back on side. I tell you I tell you right now what would get the fans back on side is a game in uh, is the Derby in three games time. Yeah, but we'll come to that. We'll come well, to that. Uh, we'll come to that. Come to that uh, international break, Callum. Great time. Great for time for Hearts, yeah. Both in agreement with that. They can absolutely just um Put everything on the back burner for a while. They've done what they needed to do in the Scottish Cup, so just forget everything. Few days off and come back and hopefully, you know, just find the early season form to finish strongly. Agreed. Two two little points I want to finish on. We were both right regarding the Hamilton goal. It was Garuccio and Mulvaney at ah, the back post switching off. Oh, there we go. And so, uh, another player we didn't mention injury last year, Michael Smith as well. Michael He's... Smith. Well, um, this season, and it's just, you know, Mr. Reliable for Hearts. Correct. You know, a yeah. solid six or seven every single week. And it's, yeah, he's a massive, massive miss for them. Well, it's three games before, league three league games, should I say, before the split for both Hibs and Hearts, Callum and... Well, we'll go through Hibs first. We'll start with them on the podcast. So, they start on Friday night against Livingston away. Tough, eh? See, I really don't know. Livingston have, you know, great start to the season. Looked like they were pushing for top six. Now, they've been on a run that's pretty awful. Uh, got a good point up at Pitodre. You know, the battling qualities are still there, but... In all honesty, it has to be three points that Hibs mm-hmm. get there. And if I'm honest, look, if Hibs go through a week on Friday and beat Livingston, then you've got Hibs would be above Hearts for Hearts uh, hosting Aberdeen yeah. on the Saturday, which just ramps that pressure up on them. Yeah. Hibs then move on to face Kilmarnock at home. On the Wednesday night, yeah. yeah. Another wee toughie that, isn't it, again? It is a tough game, but then Kilmarnock are up and down. You know, lost Greg Stewart. Um, they're very good against Rangers, but again, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough one, but look, Hibs have been very impressive at home. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, I'm going to be honest, I think Hibs could take three points from that as well. And then they finish with Hearts away, not being a happy stomping ground for, well, for Hibs in all the, honesty if, if Hibs don't get top 6 wrapped up in these two games against Livy and Kelly if you're saying to me that a Hibs team needs to go to Tyncastle and has to get something <laughs> then there is only one possible outcome and it certainly won't be <clears throat> Hibs coming away with the result that they need Agreed. so if Hibs, if Hibs don't do the business against Livy and Kilmarnock, then, you know, and, you know, a Motherwell or a St Johnston are sneaking about, 
then that's how you you know, money. They, they, they'll, they'll struggle at mm. Tencastle. Yeah. And so, look, depend. I still think Hibs' record at Tencastle is appalling. I think the way that Lennon set Hibs up to play at Tencastle was far too defensive, playing for the draw every single time. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how Heckenbottom approaches that, his first derby. But uh, at this moment in time, you know, I would still I would still class Hearts as favourites for that. Yeah. Hearts running is a oh it's tough. It's a toughie. Oh, it's massive. I mean out with probably a Celtic in there, it's probably as hard as it gets really. It's it's the hardest, yeah. Uh I would do it at home. Uh, tough. Just um, look Aberdeen. They can turn it on when they want. You know, you saw them go to Ibrox and win two 0 But then you see them slip up against Livingston at home. Hamilton you know, at home. Hamilton at home. So, look, they're not. They're not this great team that, you know, they're a bit of a gang. Might have mentioned that before, but you know, it's a big game for us. Yeah. It's a big game. Rangers then away from home, and look, I I just can't see them getting anything. Ibrox, yeah. I think the thing is, I don't think Rangers have been that good this season. But for they, they picked up points against Hearts every single time. So mm. I think I think at home on the Wednesday night they'll do enough. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and then they finish with Hibs, and you think Hearts favourites for that game. I think I think Hearts, at this moment in time, uh, uh, well, no. To be fair, even if right even, if, even if Hearts uh, lose to Aberdeen and lose to Rangers, I still think that they'll go in uh, sort of slight favourites because just his record at Tiny, What was it? Last win was two thousand thirteen, um, which was a Ross Caldwell last minute goal. So let's be honest, and uh, before that, you're going back about five years. So. Mm-hmm. Two wins in eleven years. Uh, if I'm honest, it's not it's not exactly a happy hunting ground. I've seen Hibs beat St Johnston at Tincastle more times than I've seen Hibs beat Hearts. So, <laughs> in in all honesty, yeah. it's it's one of those things. I think Hearts, like Craig Levine, if you're struggling, uh, looking at for a little bit of confidence before a semi final, Hibs at home. What and and then the thing is. That could go both ways. If Hibs come away with the three points there, how do you pick those lads up for a semi-final? It's yeah. it's massive. Yeah. It's it's a massive couple of weeks for Hearts with you know Aberdeen Rangers Hibs semi-final, yeah. four huge games. Yeah, and you know they have to be picking points up. Yeah, yeah. Quite surprisingly, Cal, both Hibs and Hearts in the fixtures, uh, passed at the start of the season when they. You know, Hibs were away at Livingston, home to Kilmarnock, away to Hearts, and, and Hearts, home to Aberdeen, away to Rangers, and home to Hibs. Both teams picked up four points from those games. Will Hibs improve on four points? Yeah. And will Hearts improve on four points? I've predicted Possibly. Hibs. I've predicted Hibs will get five. I think they'll draw with Livingston away. I think they'll beat Kelly at home, and I think they'll draw with Hearts. And I think Hearts will draw with Aberdeen, lose to Rangers, and draw with Hibs, picking up two from from. From those three games, so I would agree with that. I think I think yeah. Hibs, I think Hibs will pick up seven, but I think Hearts will pick up two. The draw with Hibs. Uh, no, Hibs Hibs will win, and then draw with Hearts. So beat Levy, beat Kelly, draw with Hearts. So we're thinking a draw at Tynecastle. Draw at Tynecastle. I mean, I think that's the best possible outcome at this moment in time. Mm, interesting. Okay, moving on to Edinburgh City. Uh, we predicted a tough game during Annan. It had been 2-1 between the two sides all the way through the season in the previous three games. 
It wasn't three one. It was th- sorry. It wasn't two one. It was three one. It was three one. Callum that week at uh, the weekend there to Annan and and at the time, we're going to speak about that. But at the time, that was league over. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm sitting here and I'm preparing my notes and everything, and I'm going, oh, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't there that the league was lost. The league was lost. The two all draw at Berwick when they were two 0 up. The one 0 home defeat to Stirling Albion, getting beat off Annan in Jan. I mean, January, late December and January were an awful month. The three all up at Elgin when they came from two 0 down and they're leading three two with seconds to go. That's where I'm looking at it going, uh, counting those points. That's where the league was lost uh, for me. But what an absolute lifeline they have been handed by Berwick Rangers. Berwick Rangers of all teams, mm-hmm. who I genuinely thought one of the worst teams in in the country this season, and first win since November. Yeah, just shows you. Just shows you. But looking at the Annan game itself, Callum Blair Henderson, you know, he's almost a goal a game, isn't he? Really, he's thirty fifth, I think, of the of the season. Yeah, but. To concede three goals, it's only the second time this season in the league that Edinburgh City have conceded three, three or more goals, and that was obviously the three-all draw at Elgin, uh, yeah. up at Elgin. So, and the thing is, it could have been four. Callum Antel saves a penalty. Um, both Stonewall penalties. They, I think, they just went to sleep at the back far too often. You know, Christian Nadi's goal. Yeah, let's leave a guy like that with the strength that he's got all alone in the box, so that he can have a simple header. Mm. I mean, come on, that's. It's it's schoolboy defending. When we had Antel on, on the show uh, back in October, uh, when we were speaking about you know the running, and, and and he said you know that sort of January, February, March will be a a a test and a, a key yeah. time. And but a key thing he said, Callum, was they have to avoid injuries and suspensions. And City have struggled with injuries over the yep. past over the past couple of weeks. I mean, I look at Ember City's bench from from Saturday there, Callum. As far as I'm concerned. Two out of the six players I would consider to be, you know, first team players. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Bradley Donaldson and, and, and Kieran Diver, the two players on, on, on the bench. But then beyond that, you know, Fraser Morton is a young, you know, young lad. He's a sub goalkeeper. But then beyond that, you know, McDonald, I'm guessing the 20s, Lumsden 20s, and, and the boy Kennedy from the 20s. They are, they're up against it. I mean, you look at the, 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 med- the what was it, injury table, the injury list that they've got. There's a there's a right long list there. I mean, Liam Henderson picks up an injury last week. I told I listed off the names the previous yep. week that were up in the up in the gantry, watching the game. That list is just growing weekly. Even even if one of them, one or two of them, had been fit, and the problem is, you know, it's like the sort of big name signings. You know, Danny Hanlon's not kicked the ball since November, yeah. and that's that's massive because guy of his experience, his quality at this this stage of the season would be huge for Edinburgh City. Danny Galbraith comes in, unfortunately, so Kieran Stewart, same again, Liam Henderson, being so impressive at the back, to lose him, and it's just... Alan Smith, injured still. Alan Smith, yeah, and honestly, look, it's not it's not about sitting here reeling off names and sort of feeling sorry for for them, but yeah, it's it's been a tough one for them, but they are still in with a shout, and, you know... What a running it's going to be, but this Saturday. Well, th- th- this is it. it. This is their last chance. Oh, a hundred percent. They've they've used up every single hail mary, prayer, <laughs> you know, backdoor saloon chance. There is no more. They've called in every favour. They've extended every line of credit. There is <laughs> no. There is no more. At this stage, that's it. 
if they do not win on Saturday, that's it. Yeah. You know, Rory McAllister didn't play last night. Is he being rested so that they can go at City with everything? I mean, they still should have had enough. Derek Lyle, Shane Sutherland, Ryan Dow, 100% should have had enough to beat Berwick last night. Berwick have given them a massive get-out-of-jail-free card. They have to win. Yeah. There's, there's literally... If they don't win, then, well, it's, it's themselves. They've shot themselves in the foot again. Do you think if they, if they lose on Saturday, mm-hmm. do you think they've, they've got a... Do you think there's a possibility they might not finish second? I think I think it's definitely definitely up there, but I think that you've got four teams there, uh, who can spoil it for other for other teams, because Clyde's play Annan on Saturday at Broadwood, uh, so that's a massive game for them. There's, like you've got Annan who could spoil Clyde's chances of trying to finish second if City lose to Peterhead, you know City beat Peterhead, you know Peterhead still have to play, um. Clyde, so it's there is still a few games in there that are, I mean, City still have to play Clyde, so there's a lot of games going on. City have to keep within a result of Peterhead. 100%. And a win on Saturday puts does them that. within that result. And look, it's a must win game. Mm. It's a must win. There is this, this is it. The last chance saloon is open mm. and they're calling last orders. And I've no more cliches to use now, mm. but it is. It is. I don't care how they get the goal. I don't care if someone jumps um, over <laughs> far too theatrically, going down, holding their face in the 95th minute of three minutes added on, and they they get a penalty and Antel scores it. It doesn't <laughs> matter how they get this win, but three points is exactly what City need. You fancy them? <sighs> Look... I think there have been times this season where they've been called upon and I think perhaps they've not measured up. But, look, this is it. They they all know what's on the line. Good. And I think that with the season they've had, they deserve, you know, they owe it to themselves to keep it going for that little bit longer, you know, because, look, even with a win on Saturday, they might not win the league but they owe it to themselves with the season that they've had to push on a little bit yeah, more. Good. I, I actually hope there's a, a good turnout on on Saturday. You know, no Hibs, no Hearts, no Scotland. You know, I, I hope it's a really good turnout. And yeah, I think it is sort of now or never with regards to the, to the league title. OK, Cal, we'll move on to the Lowell League and we'll start with our interview with with Ian McFarlane, Kubo and former Spartan now at Pennycook, eh, Grinchy or Craig Stevenson. The two sides, Pennycook and Spartans, meet on Friday night in the Football Nation semi-final and we join the two players on the show. Thank you for joining us, lads. Alongside me and Callum on Anchor just now is Grinchy and Subo. Subo, last time you were on the show, it must be about six months ago now, we found yeah. out, the, the people of Edinburgh found out why you were called Subo. Now the question is, Grinchy, and I played you for a season and I still don't know the answer. Craig... Why are you called Grinchy? <laughs> um, it was just a nickname I got at Hibs um, when I was younger. Um, Jimmy Burns gave me it and it just stuck. Um, I, didn't, I actually didn't really know why. I, I used to do a face and it said it resembled as a Grinch. So <laughs> ever since then, I've just been called it forever. So. There we go. Aye, that's the reason I... Well, thank you for clarifying that because I, I always wondered that. always wondered that. Subo, last time you were on the show, it was... Uh, well, you, you started the curse... 
I did. Spartans, Spartans went quite a long time without a, a win, a good couple of months. Yep. Was it his fault or her fault? Well, well you credit for it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, since then, Subo, you've gone on a decent run. You know, you're back back to winning ways. You're in a semi final, obviously. Yep. You're pushing up. You're looking ahead. You're now thinking of BSC. So, to unveil a BSC in, in second place in the Lone League. What's the change been down to Subo? Is it the fact that, you know, Grinchy's now left, so you've got rid of him, so now you've got <laughs> a wee bit of winning run now? Or? Yeah, it's obviously a major factor. Just a <laughs> bad apple in the change room. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, no, like, obviously we're all glad when, when Grinchy left. He was a uh, life and soul the dressing room. Um, so we're obviously glad when he left. But um, I don't know what the change is really down to. We've just... Um, Maybe the pressure's been off us a wee bit more. Um, started we've ch- chopped and changed with a couple of different shapes, but uh, personnel have just started. I think it's just been down to personnel actually performing better. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Smith's been back fit as well. He's uh, scored a few goals, and the some of the planets mistakes <clears throat> have just been cut out. So just a mi- mixture of that really that's um, kind of got us back to standard we set ourselves and the performances that we should really be putting in like a Spartans players yeah so 4 2 now I mean it's been 4 4 the last couple of weeks something you're happy playing with it's not something you know obviously we played together with, with Gary at City and 4 4 was uh, well done the pecking order of, of formations and so it's not something <laughs> it's not something you've played a lot of but enjoying it yeah yeah that's been good um, I mean we've been doing we've been playing obviously me and uh, young Aaron that's came in um, he's done really well it's a good um I think it's a good blend in the middle of the park there. Um, Dish has been playing in there as well a few times. So I just think the boys are obviously just got a bit more of the a game plan that we're going to go out with. Um, and we're all, we're all kind of bought into what we're going to do before each match now. And like I say, when you're just performing better in general um, and sticking teams away, it's, it's making it life a lot easier for ourselves. And that's why we've Obviously, he uh, got through in the cup rounds and climbed the table a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously you joined Pennycook earlier on in the season, and you're actually playing with one of the clown suppers that went to our school, uh, Liam Robertson in the sticks. Um, so just like how are you settling in there, enjoying life, and what's Robo like uh, to play with? Because he was. It was uh, always a bit of a fun, a uh, bit of a laugh and a joke at school, but what's he like on the football field? Nah, he's the same, to be honest. Um, settled in uh, pretty much right away, because I knew, I knew most of the boys when I signed there, so it was quite an easy uh, transition for me just to go to go there um, and settle right in with the boys. But aye, Robo's, uh, Robo's a good laugh. Unfortunately, his, uh, his season's over. Um, <laughs> he was... Uh, he tried to do a hurdle and train, fell over and done a roll with Chloe and uh, oh, that's him out for the season with a shoulder injury. So um, <laughs> I think he's gone back to Mallorca sooner than he was hoping. But yeah. um, ah, he's a good laugh. No, nah, he's, he's some boy, but I think he loves those uh, those long summers coaching over there. But um, he's a sitting top of Conference A, pretty much leagues basically in the bag, I would say, looking at your remaining fixtures and that. And... Um, he's confident to just get over the line and you know finish top there. Uh, I know it's a cliche in football, eh? but we're just taking one game at a time now. Um, obviously, we didn't want to bring in complacency to our game or that and just um, drop points or anything like that because we've got obviously a, 
a couple of hard games in there. Um, so I we're confident we'll we'll um we'll manage to to win the league and then hopefully we do the business in the playoffs as well. Yeah. You spent a good few seasons at, at Spartans, didn't you? And as Subo highlighted earlier, you were a, a key figure in in the in the dressing room. You were the sort of one of the go-to guys. You know, you looked after the money for the, the team nights out and, and all sorts. So, you know, how how sad were you to move on from Spartans and and what would have been your your highlight? Obviously, being on the same pitch as myself must have been up there. But <laughs> you know, no, no, jokes aside, you know, how how would you sum up your your time at, at Spartans? No, um, I had brilliant, uh, brilliant four and a half years there. Um, I loved every minute, to be honest. Um, I just thought at the end it was, I was, I was on the bench for a few weeks and uh, we had a wee bit of time to think about. It and I, I just felt that my performances at the start of the season weren't, I wasn't playing very well either. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it was time for a wee change. Um, there was nothing against. A lot of people thought that I had felt with Dougie or like the coaching staff, and that, that wasn't the case. Um, I just felt I needed a change. Um, and going to Pennycook, obviously, I think that's will be a good move for me in the, in, um, the future. So, um, but I had a few uh, a few brilliant memories there. Um, winning the league, obviously, um, in the last season, that was probably the highlight. Yeah. Um, a couple of good Scottish Cup runs and stuff as well, beating Morton and stuff. Um, obviously, a good highlight. So, had a lot of a lot of good uh, played in a lot of good games um, at Spartans. Obviously, the Scottish Cup runs play the more bigger ones when you get the big, good crowds and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say the highlight probably was winning the league. Obviously, obviously we weren't um, successful in the playoffs, but uh, it was still still brilliant to brilliant achievement to win the league. Uh, Gunji, you're saying there that your performances early in the season probably weren't what you were expecting, but I have to admit you scored possibly our goal of the season. Uh, earlier on with that uh, overhead kick from 20 yards so I don't really know what you're talking about there mate <laughs> Aye, that was uh, that was the only goal I scored this season to be fair um, I don't think I'll ever score one like that again in my life so um, aye, it just set up perfect and it was uh, it was just one of the things that, that went in at the time as I said I don't think I'll score one of them again and you're on the pitch Subo and what was your reaction as the ball was coming to the edge of the box let's be honest were you thinking <laughs> What was going through your head when you seen Grinchy trying to adopt a, an overhead kick from 20 yards? Right, it was, to be honest, that was the, the last thing that was going to come, that was going to mind. <laughs> uh, um, was that to make it? I think it was to make it maybe three 0 at the time, and it was a it was a frightening move as well. I think it was about like t- over 20 passes, um, and then to, for Grinchy to finish it off like <laughs> with that overhead kick, it was just um, unbelievable. I mean, obviously, a great goal. Um, and I like like he says, you probably don't get many like it, so not fair play to him. There's this question that these these two questions coming up are going to be uh, probably the two you sucking up to each other. But uh, Sub, obviously, we we had a chat. We joined Spartans at at, at the same time in summer 2017. Uh, we'd obviously played against Grinchy for well the majority of our senior football. So playing against them is one thing. But what were your thoughts on Grinchy as a teammate at the time at, at, the time at Spartans? What you're saying now, Shubo? No, obviously, um, I thought I thought was brilliant. Uh, my first session, really. Um, like you say, I always played against them so many times before that as well. Um, obviously, rated on, but never realised actually how good he was until um, I went to Spartans. Uh, I, 
don't even know how many like assists assists he would have had uh, for left back and for centre mid like he was so versatile. Um, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed playing with him. He played in the middle of the park with me a good few times um, as well. So uh, he was just a, a really good guy to have around uh, the team and a, a good player as well. So nah, I thought he was brilliant for the whole time um, we played together. All right, so um, show what you've had your shot. Uh, Grinchy, pretty much the same question. What was it like being a teammate of Shubo's after playing against them for so long? Aye, sort of similar to what Subo's saying. Obviously, play against them um, loads of times when he was at Edinburgh City. You always, always knew you were in a game with Subo. <laughs> you can yourself. He doesn't hang back and attack or he'll no miss you. So, uh, but aye, he's, he doesn't get actually enough credit for his technical ability the good pass of the ball on that as well what if people just say is a wee dog in the middle of the park and <laughs> he wins tackles but to be fair I think Subo obviously soaking up his ass here but I think he was one of the main reasons why um, we had a, such a successful like um, season last year we win the league and stuff just playing in the middle of the park it doesn't really doesn't really get noticed in games but you would try to miss him more when he's with the team, then you would if he's in it. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, as you know, Stubby, you've played, you've played with him for years, but he's, uh, aye, Subo is brilliant. Quite quiet in the change room, doesn't he? He's no, um, no very loud, but as soon as he gets in the park, he's a different animal. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's for sure. That's for sure. That is for sure. Okay, well, looking ahead to to Friday night, Subo must be taking a tough game. You know, a semi-final, we've seen the two potential ties. It was either going to be Pennycook or Stirling. I think we've, we both had a wee chat and we expected it to be Pennycook. You'll be re- re- reunited with a, with a few old friends, you know, Jordan Caddo, but also Wayne Mack, Karen Somerville, John Williams, amongst amongst many more on that Pennycook side. It's going to be a tough game on Friday night, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be a really tough game. Um, like you say, I think... Whoever, whatever the 22 players are that are on the park at the time, everyone's probably crossed paths at one point or another uh, through their careers. Everyone's going to uh, be pretty familiar with who each other are, what they're playing against, what to expect. Um, I think we even played Pinnacook last year in a friendly. Um, and they've always been one of the teams that want to get the ball down and play as well. Um, so I think it'll be a, it'll be a, real, a real proper game. Um, it'll be really tough. Um, but obviously, at the end of the day, the only objective for us is to try and get into the final. Um, it doesn't really matter how how you get there, as long as as long as you you put your place there after the game. That's all that's going to matter. But it's definitely definitely going to be a, a really really tough game. Yeah, it's something about Friday night though in Spartans. Grinchy, you'll be able to come in on this as well. And, and Subo and and myself have Spartans ever not won a Friday night game. Um, <laughs> you got me thinking there. Um, I, can't, I certainly can't remember any last season. I thought we won them all. I think this season it's been a right good record as well. This season, Subo and I think. Um, yeah, it's been a. I think we lost a, a Friday night game against Cumbernauld the season before. Um, before you joined, um, we ended up with nine men. And um, Subo wasn't playing. I, I was one of the ones that got sent off actually, unfortunately. <laughs> but didn't worry um, the season after the first night. I made up for the season off. after. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure we got beat one 0 that night. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure if it was a Friday night or a Wednesday night though. So yeah, you might be uh, you might be right. But I think it, I think it was a Friday night. 
Certainly this season, you know, because the majority of the, uh, the Football Nations Cup games have been on a Friday night. One them, I'm sure I came down to watch you play last season. It's one like four now. Yeah, so five so. nights have been five nights have been kind to to Spartans, but Grinchy, you know, it's a unfortunately your cup died bittersweet for yourself. Uh, you know, I, I used to play with uh, Kevin Milne at Haddington ten years ago, roughly. Uh, the, the manager of, of your gaffer at Penny Cook. Now is he? Uh, has he had a word with you, trying to get some inside info? You know, maybe, um, maybe who to leave on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's actually no. Uh, nah, he's not spoke to me. He might have a wee word with me at training tomorrow. Um, obviously, I know the Spartans, Spartans players inside out. But um, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters what I, what I sort of say. I'm, um, I'm not on the pitch. I can't do anything. He can't really do anything. Um, it's about the loving players or however much um, players that are used on Friday night, whatever they sort of do on the night that. That'll count. It'll be a, it'll be a certainly a good game. Two f- good footballing teams. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good, a good game, a right good game. I think it's right in the balance as well. You know, you're flying high at the top east of Scotland. Spartans have uh, turned their form round, are doing well. But how are they? How's the Cook camp at this moment in time? Confident? Aye, obviously we know it's going to be a difficult game. Um. Under no illusions, eh, that Spartans are a top team. Um, I think it's a good, it'll be a good game to to see sort of where we're at as well. Um, obviously, we've got ambitions to try and get in the Lowland League for next season. So, um, Spartans are obviously one of the top teams in that league. So, it'll be a good, uh, it'll be a good test and to see where we are in terms of uh, in terms of that. Yeah. All right. So. Um, we obviously tweeted out earlier today that we were going to have you boys on the show, which prompted a lot of interest with uh, a couple of questions <laughs> from uh, a couple of our followers. One of them being uh, Liam Robertson wanting to know about your uh, Frodo feet, Grinchy. Um, <laughs> so what, I'm not going to ask you the one that uh, Cado uh, posed. Yeah, no, we're, we're not going to go down that route. Uh, maybe off here. We'll find out the answer to that one. But aye. Uh, Grinchy, basically Frodo feet. What's going on there? Ah, uh, it's just Cado and Robo. Eh, <laughs> last week we were, uh, finished training, and um, I took my boots off, took my socks off, ready to go in the shower. The gaffer was talking, and Cado just looked down at my feet, and he's like, ah, "What the hell are they? Like, ah, what are you talking about?" It's like, "What the fuck are they? They're Frodo feet." I was like, ah. so I've only got a wee bit hard skin on my big toe, and I've just he's been calling me ever since, but um. I was quite happy because last week I backed a horse called Frodo that came in, so <laughs> just purely because of that. Cado is some boy. I mean, we've, we've both we've all played, uh, we've all played the Cado. He's I've no, no, you've no, but really he's uh, he's, uh, he's something else, isn't he? Aye, uh, he's uh, a car share with him now. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, um, nah, he's a good lad, but uh, aye, he could talk for Scotland. That's for sure. Okay, well. We, can we wish in fact no we can't wish both teams good luck because no, uh, no 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 let's, let's hope it's a good game but unfortunately we are an Edinburgh football podcast and Pennycook do not come into Edinburgh so <laughs> apologies Grinchy thank you very much for coming on the show but that's fine I hope uh, we let you soon <laughs> <laughs> no listen all the best to, to both of you uh, for the rest of the season obviously Grinchy you're cup tied but we will be down on Friday hopefully we'll see see you down there and we wish you all the best the rest of the season and Subo good luck on Friday night and again yeah. to you, let's hope, I think well, East Scotland have almost wrapped up the league now. So let's right. hope that uh, Spartans are, are in and around second place at the end of the season. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks.
I enjoyed that, Calm. Top interview with the, the, the two. Uh... Aye, fantastic. Fantastic with the two of them um, both getting on the show. Something, I mean, we've had one guest before, but the fact that we've now, you know, managed to, we're branching out, building ourselves up. And yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, have to apologise for Grinchy's language to any <laughs> younger viewers, but hey, that's. Take the rough with the smooth. There we go. <laughs> It's a real shame that, that Grinch is cocktail actually. You know, he'll be he'll be pretty gutted at that. But Spartans against Pennycook Friday night. We spoke about there that Spartans do have a decent record on a Friday night, can we? I think it's gonna be a cracking game. Yeah, I know we've too. spoken about it. Um look, what we didn't mention, Pennycook have scored I think it's upwards of hundred and fifteen competitive goals this season. Um I mean that's absolutely frightening. Yeah. You know, I think between uh, some of them Macintosh they've got 54 yeah. you know, there, there, so. there was a time when I, when, when I was at City and East of Scotland League Calum that they two as a partnership were yeah. the two that I feared most and I think I think that they're still because uh, that was at Whitehill yeah, Whitehill, uh, yeah. so I mean yeah. that, that right now still they've still got that you know it's you know it's like Dwight York and Andy Cole you know it's <laughs> fantastic but I don't know how that was the first <laughs> uh, partnership they come away but I mean those two Look, they're going to give uh, Blair Tolmey and Adam Corbett a fantastic game, but look, I think it's going to be a cracker. Spartans, the last two rounds have been 3-2 on a Friday night, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a scoreline like that. You know, a, a five-goal thriller, I, I genuinely think it's going to be a fantastic game. If you've nothing to do on a Friday night, on this on this Friday night, sorry, uh, yeah. I'll be there anyway. It's a place my to be. Usual, my usual spot. Yeah, it's a place to be, the place to be. But it's going to be a, a right confidence, right confidence running through the Spartans camp. They are on a good run. They picked yep. up three points against Kelty uh, the last the last game. It's a good place to be at now, Ainsley Park, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. They're going to be confident. I think Pennycook are going to be confident. So it's got uh, as Grinchy said, two right good teams. Uh, fantastic test for them to see where they are um, going forwards. And you know, Spartans, like we said, if they could get a cup and finish as high at the league as possible then they could salvage something uh, of this season and I think that that's what they need to do. Do you think Spartans are favourite for a second? Uh, yeah, because I think uh, Aloe will bottle it. <laughs> okay. On to civil service stores, Calm. You you went through. You made a late call. You you went through yeah. to you went through to the Falkirk Stadium. The Falkirk Stadium to see East Stirling versus Civil. Yeah. And um you know, nine months ago if I was to ask you on a Friday night <laughs> in March would you be celebrating a, a last-minute winner uh, for Civil Service Strollers? What would your response be? I, well, I can't repeat what I said to you, <laughs> but I, I genuinely, if, if someone had told me well, when we started this podcast that, first of all, I would drive through to the Falkirk Stadium on a Friday night uh, to watch a lonely game. You know, the last time, last time I was at the Falkirk Stadium, I drove through on a Friday night because you were at Spartans, and I got there looked at the team sheet, saw that you weren't playing, turned around and drove home. <laughs> right? So that's that was my sort of affinity with the Lonely. I, was, I wasn't interested at all. So for to then drive through on a Friday night, watch Civil and celebrate, and I'm not going to lie, it it was like as um, passionately as I celebrate a Scotland goal. Uh, there was an old boy, I think his name's like Wild Bill or something like that, <laughs> a famous East Stirling fan that, really just annoyed me the whole game some awful shouts and you know I turned around and you know this this guy was you know pension pension age he's got a free bus pass and everything 
And, you know, I turned around and I was like, get that up here. <laughs> uh, I'll not add in the sort of extras, but I definitely I definitely went for it. But, look, what a game. But that wouldn't have mattered. That could have been Embra Uni, Spartans, Civil regardless. Oh, 100%. 100%. You, 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 because I have fallen in love with, I think, the teams, the teams that we cover now. Uh, just, you know, well, when talking about Spartans and late winners, you know, when Stephen McDonald scored... You know, and I, I was at the game. You know, I was like USA, USA. Like, so, um, like I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, looking at the game, civil deserved hundred percent deserved. They, you know, Jardin has like they they know exactly what they're doing. You know, he was pulling out his best Craig Levine impression because when they didn't have the ball, it was two banks of five, and they were just. Played that to perfection. As soon as like they pressed high, as soon as there was a bad touch from an East Island player, they were on them. Uh, Churchy, John Hopkinson, Hammy, just absolutely harrowing every single one of them. Yeah, very busy. Um, that's how the first goal came about. But I mean, best goal of the night was Churchy's second. That header, absolutely fantastic. Uh, I know we probably shouldn't mention this. But because he asked us not to on Twitter, but Kyle Fee and a wee back pass. Um, it's the on-running joke of the season. But <laughs> the look, other than that, fantastic. Like the whole team was brilliant. Yeah. You know, there was there was a few slap moments in defence, but they they got away with it. Mm. And well, they didn't get away with it. They deserved to win the game. And look, when Guff worst goal he's ever scored <laughs> you know it's the worst shot I think he's ever hit he's hit it it's taken about three deflections and it's literally trickled over that yeah. line yeah. and uh, yeah I, I went for it eh? I was hmm. I, I, I went I went far too far good win you know a really good win keeps them within you know keeps them hoping to press for that that top four Gala this weekend Callum three points could be three points doesn't three it three points 100% yeah, they, won, they won down there earlier so yeah, no, um, I just think that they're in a really good place and they're on a great run. Lost once this, you know, they've lost once since I think about November. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's frightening and that was at Key Park. So, good run. Yeah. Good run. Uh, University, Ember University, they were off last week but they have the same team this week. Edge yeah. of Sport, not really much to say on that other than we'd probably expect a, a, I I think they'll win. I said it last week, I think they'll pick up the, the three points, um, you know, and I think it's a, going to be a deserved three points. I think it's going to be a very welcome three points for mm-hmm. Edinburgh Uni just to sort of finish the season on a little bit of a high. Okay. Right, well, we'll rattle through our predictions yeah. with, the, with the time we have left, Callum. There's not many because of international duty. So we'll start Friday night, Callum. It's uh, that semi-final Football Nations Cup. It's Spartans at home to Pennycook. Another goal fest, and I think it's going to be another 3-2. And I think Spartans are going to pull through. I think uh, if Grinchy hadn't been cup tied, it would have made the difference. But there we go, three two Spartans. Yeah, I'll back you up on that. I think it's a common thread. I think three two Spartans as well. On to the Saturday camp, Ember City at home to Peterhead. I think I think they're going to give a reaction, and I think City are going to put a couple of goals past them. I think they're going to blow them away. I think it's going to be three one Ember City. Wow, I'm going to go for one one. One one. Yeah, I'm going to go for one one. Cam Civil against Gal. A tough game again, but look, I think they'll, I think they'll do enough. A uh, two 0 I'll go for three one. Three one to civil and university. Uh, I'm sure I said last week two one, so I'm going to do that again. I can't remember what I said, so I'll go for two one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. I've been Andrew. I've been Cal. And that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast. 
Hello and welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast, the podcast specialising in Edinburgh football. From Hearts, Hibs, Edinburgh City and matters from the Lone League. Callum is alongside me. How are we doing this evening? Ah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yourself? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Lots to get through, especially in the Lone League, Callum. Tonight, that's where we'll start. We'll then move on to Edinburgh City and finish with Hibs and Hearts due to international action. Callum, the Lone League, we'll start there. Well, not quite the Lone League, we'll start with the Football Nations semi-final. Uh-huh. We were there last Friday evening to see Spartans take on Pennycook at Ainsley Park. Yeah. Um, well, it was entertaining in that it went to penalties, but the game itself, over 120 minutes, it, it, it wasn't a classic. Lacked, lacked a few things, yeah, and I'm not... I'm not going to lie, I probably wasn't dressed for penalties. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it wasn't the most exciting game I have witnessed at Ainsley Park this season. It's also not the the, the dullest, if I'm honest. You know, I did see Edinburgh City beat Berwick 1-0 there, and that was a hard slog. But, <laughs> look, Spartans did what was needed. They're uh, through to the final where they could play... I think it's Bonner or, Rose Camelin, yep. or someone else. So, Camelin, yep. you know, big, big test ahead. But uh, you know they did what was needed and thought it would have been more comfortable when I saw the the Pennycook bench and they were sort of resorted to putting a couple and of boys that were injured they, on the bench. They didn't make any subs in yeah. one hundred twenty minutes. You know, so I thought, and Spartans made four. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I thought it would have been more. Not comfortable, but you know, as as soon as Spartans took the lead with an absolute Ronaldinho strike <laughs> from David Greenhill, I think I genuinely just expected them to kick on and get a little bit. Well, sorry, you expected them to kick on and get a few more goals. I said that Penny Cook would come back into it. Yeah. Uh, Penny Cook had chances, didn't he? Though he did. You know, before the goal. Um, before the goal. Friend of the show, Ian McFarlane, clears one off the line. Blair Carswell made a very big save yeah. um, in the sort of follow-up from yeah. that move. Uh, Pennycook had a goal disallowed before... All this Spartans, before Spartans took the lead? Well, no. I think, no, no, no. roughly. Um, Subo off the line was in the second half. Oh, right, yes. And the follow-up save from Carswell was from the same move, but uh, the disallowed goal was in the first half. Mm. There was also a big one-on-one in there as well when the boys played through in the first half yeah. as well. So uh, there was, was, a, there was, was chances. A big, big save. Um, but Spartans, when they got the lead, I thought it looked like it affected Penny Cook. They sort of yep. went to sleep right before half-time and Spartans sort of cut through them without cutting through them, if you know what I mean. Got to sort of 20 yards uh, in and th- in, got into the final third, third sorry, and just failed to take advantage. Yeah. You know, I suppose the equaliser, I mean, we spoke to, to Blair before the penalties, or I did anyway, certainly when he lined up, and he, he said to me, you know, how, how he think he said something like, you know, how bad was the goal or something like that. And I think he's probably being a bit too harsh on himself, but he maybe could have got a little bit more distance on his, on his push out, looking at the highlights back. Yeah, I think, well, you take, you take into account, look at the fact that it's, you know, the 87th, 88th minute. It's coming down and the ball was hit with pace. Came yeah, through a, a few a bodies as really, well. It's a really good shot. He's done well to get something onto it and take nothing away from the fact that Sam Jones is following up and you know gets a deserved equaliser for Pennycook. You know, yeah, it was uh, yeah, hundred percent. But no one was tracking his run. 
and he gets in and sort of thinks it over uh, Carswell but when it got into into extra time uh, the the Penny Cook sub goalie Robo who is apparently out for the season according mm. to Grinchy last week but he was on the bench I think just to sort of make make the numbers up but you know we was, I was I was talking to him and I said look if Penny Cook don't take a chance you know Spartans will hold their nerve Spartans will come through this it's funny because people say oh you know penalties comes down to luck at times and whatnot but the Spartans penalties were, were top class weren't they yeah I'm I'm not going to lie Adam Corbett's penalty yeah. was sensational yeah I spoke to him uh, the other night there and uh, <laughs> he went to go bottom right dodgy <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter he went to go bottom right and it went right in the top corner didn't it, it? Was, but, it was but every penalty but was taken with conviction wasn't it yeah 100% what I loved about um, you know we tweeted out obviously the final score and someone was like oh it wasn't a sensational effort it was it was the wind that took it in. I was like, I was talking about the penalties, mate, but uh, never mind. So, and I think, you know, before the penalties, you said, would Subo take one? I did not on <laughs> any such occasion say anything like that. I was like, not a chance. He'll be after Carswell. <laughs> uh, but look, at the end of the day, Subo said it last week. It doesn't matter the performance. It's all about getting into the final. Yeah. And and that's what they've done. Yeah, 100%. They did, they did what was needed. You know, turn the style on in other games but all that mattered on Friday night was getting through to the final and that's that's exactly what they did I mean absolute hats off to Spartans for the fact that they sold Bevy before the game they sold Bevy at half time that was that was fantastic I mean it <laughs> did did our mutual friend Steve-O absolutely no good he was <laughs> uh, what four or five sheets to the wind I think everyone that came into contact with him was like how much have you had to drink? Just <laughs> constantly muttering away to himself. This is worse than watching hairs. <laughs> that um, takes some doing. The um, job done. Yeah. Job done. On to Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, Tuesday night. Get my days right. Yes. Uh, they went through to T. Scott Bride, who were well three points. They'd given the title, and in the end, they managed to get over the line. They they came through two one against Spartans. Nil nil at half time. Uh, Spartans fall behind Malcolm the scorer he's had a good season to be honest he's done really well actually um, Spartans respond well though they get the equaliser and perhaps maybe thought they could push for the winner a couple of wee changes maybe thinking there's maybe something in this for them but unfortunately I, I think uh, I think looking at reports maybe a slight defensive error there or a defensive error it brings East Cobride uh, the three points but that's probably a a disappointing result actually because when you look at it now in it terms is, yeah. of games played and games in hand and points to make up Spurs have got a lot of work to do don't they now to yeah. try and get well I think I think and it pains me to say this but I think seconds gone with um, with that performance looking at the remaining fixtures for both teams I think I think unfortunately seconds now out of their grasp but you know I think Last night should have been an absolute look. Everything gets left out there because mm. you don't want to be the team that is, you know, giving giving your title away to the team that you know. Basically, I mean, East Kilbride yeah, threw it away last year. Yeah. I think so. I mean, you don't want to be in the position where you're giving them the title. So I think that it was disappointing to see. You know, especially when Spartans got themselves levelled, it didn't. Well, they did, I mean, looking at it, I mean, uh, you know, uh, by all accounts, 
when, when Spartans equalised, they were well on top. Spartans were well on top. So it, it wasn't as if they went there and, and shut up shop and, and hoped to sneak something. I, I think they went to push on and come away with the three points, no doubt about that. Just by all accounts, it was two sloppy goals that they gave away and, and that, unfortunately, is the difference. Uh, yeah, for for me, it's it's something that that game should have just been like they don't win it here. Yeah. They don't win it here, and I don't know, but it should have been drilled in, and it just I don't know. It's it's a bit it's a bit of a an annoyance if if I'm honest. I I feel like it's a game that Spartans should have been right up for just get right into them and like come away a game against East Kilbride again without without any points and it's it's tough to take I think it's more I mean it, I think it's more now just the fact of looking at at league position now that, that's yeah. I think that's more I mean the game itself you know but by all accounts that they put in a good performance and they were pushing for the winner so it wasn't like they were they were blown away by any, by any stretch but it was, it's more now just looking at the, the games now to make up in terms of points and I think like you say three points last night and second is still right on yeah. you know but then looking at now BSC's remaining fixtures which we'll go on to speak about when, when we when we after the, the Civil and Spartans preview but yeah I think they've maybe just given themselves a little bit too much I, I think mm. now it's I'm, I'm probably third. putting them third yeah, I think BSC well, maybe third's, third's the highest that they can finish yeah, yeah I, I think. think I think yeah I agree I agree <coughs> changes made as well you know there was changes so perhaps maybe mm-hmm. they were looking ahead perhaps maybe one eye a few boys maybe tight from the from the previous game or what not maybe they were looking to mix it up a little bit looking ahead to the weekend's game because that's a massive game but we'll come on to speak about that we'll go on to speak about Civil just now and if we speak about disappointing results, the Spartans we had last night, Saturday was right disappointing, considering Kelty def- got beat off Dalbiti and a surprising defeat at that as well. Civil you know, led led twice, but yeah. but only coming with one point at home. It's it's disappointing. Normally, they they hold out and they just do enough to get the get the three points. But you know to have led twice and then what we about twelve minutes to go. After Churchy puts them two two one up, you're thinking that they'll see this out. Yeah. And um, you know it's it's unfortunate, but you know they're still still in the hunt for top four, still have been still been a fantastic yeah. season. But I think that should have been three points on Saturday. Yeah, but yeah, it should have. You know, they are I suppose they are probably say punching above their weight. Perhaps when you take in resources and finance all in account, if you were to lay it out in a league and see what each team pays and, and whatnot, then they, they are punching above their weight. But the way that they have been performing, certainly uh, this year, mm-hmm. you'd expect it to be three points. And, and they're pegged back. You know, when you look at it, you strip it right back, it's a penalty in a, in a world, you know, a, apparently a, a fantastic free kick. So is, when, you, when you take that into consideration, you know, that, that, that's a, a, better pill to, a better pill to swallow. But I mean, this weekend, uh, what a game. You know, Civil versus Spartans, a derby, you know, third versus fifth. But, you know, it's so close with games in hand, and etc. that this game is just, 
it's a, it's just going to be a great game, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, but before before we talk about the game, I think that we need to address the the second civil goal on on Saturday, which was you know the highlights weren't available, so I have um, I was shown this by the 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 team manager <laughs> at at civil service who threw Chelsea under the bus by saying oh, you can talk about this in your podcast um, and you know you see it and you're like oh the on Twitter it's like rounds the goalie and you're like oh brilliant you see it in the highlights and I don't know if he's if he's meant this that is fantastic <laughs> but he's missed the ball the keeper's gone down and then he's uh, retained his composure to then Knock it, knock it past the keeper. So a fantastic goal, but also an incredibly lucky goal. <laughs> well, this weekend, Calm, it's Civil versus Spartans. It was one-one last time out. Uh, I think both teams cancelled each other out. Spartans certainly had the chances to win the game, mm-hmm. uh, but Civil pegged them back with a with a penalty uh, late on when when Downey comes on. This is just going to be a right good game. You know, two teams that. That no three points will go a very long way in probably what we were saying, tying up third place potentially. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think that this, this, this could be an absolute cracker. The game at Christmas, the one all draw, was, you know, I think the fact is both teams were a wee bit shell shocked by the fact that Spartans took the leads after about 12, 14 yeah, seconds, something yeah. like that. Steve McDonald's shot went through. Um, so I think both teams were a little bit oh um, how do we react to, how this, do we react yeah, to that because yeah. Civil the game plan pretty much went out the window uh, I think they struggled the majority of the first half to really get their foot on the ball I think that all changed Jack Downey came on and well, the first thing he did was get them a little bit of territory yeah. and you know they were in Spartans half and able to create chances so I think it's. I think it is going to be a cracking game. The pitch down at the Christie Gillis is in great nick. Hopefully, it's not windy. Otherwise, that will ruin the game. But I think it could be some game. Yeah, that game in particular, though, it it, it changed on the big save from Donaldson when 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 Atkinson goes in one on one. It almost changed in that moment in the second half. They almost. It, it, it rejuvenised sort of civil at that moment and that's when they started to, to get a bit more in the game and then the subs came I think it was almost almost like a triple sub I think at the time I think it was eh? and it, it just sort of changed it at, at that sort of moment that was a, almost midway through the second half I think that, that save came in when Atkinson was played through in fact I think it might have actually been a short pass back but <laughs> no names yeah it, it's, it is going to be a good game if you look at where they are each of the each where they are on the table now so civil are at this moment third they have played the most games throughout the teams that are in that that top five so Civil in third place Calm played 25 on 49 points Spartans in fifth 43 points but they've got two games in hand so you know if they, if Spartans win on Saturday they go three points behind with, with two games in hand you know they, they've probably probably you know knocked Civil out of potentially you know, fini- top four yeah potentially finishing top four I, yeah, I, I agree yeah. so it's sort of last chance for, for Civil to potentially Still ups and downs going to happen, do you think? Realistically, I have no idea. Yeah. The, the sort of topsy-turvy way that this season's gone out with 
he's called right. Um, you know, out with them winning the league, it's been very up and down. So I think that looking at it, Civil have had some great results at the Christie Gillis this season. So you know they they tucked away East Kilbride three one there and just I mean it was three one but it could have been about five or six. They were just by far the better team. Mm. So you know if Civil turn up and play like that, I think they could blow Spartans away. But you know we've seen Spartans pull off some fantastic results this season. So I'm not gonna lie. I think it's gonna be some battle. I think the midfield is gonna be very interesting with. You know the the boys that play for civil. You know Hammy and Clappy going up against Subo. I think that's going to be some some tasty fifty fifties <laughs> for for want of a better word. But you know, just all over the park, there's going to be intriguing battles like going th- throughout the game. You've got I think both left backs or left wing backs will look to get forward as much as they can. Chen and Andy Mayer. So I think it's just look. It's gonna be it's gonna be some game. There's talent throughout the Absolutely. the two yeah. teams, and you know I'm saying all this guaranteed nil nil or a scrappy one nil, <laughs> but you know if it is a scrappy one nil, whoever gets that, you know will be absolutely delighted. Yeah, yep. You know two teams that know each other well. You know the managers know each other well. Mm-hmm. You've had you've got players well, that have on that the uh, the Spartans physio offered uh, Gary his money back for. Attending the game on Friday, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just going to be a, a great game and a great game, and it's it's one that I'm both looking forward to, and you know, let me the best team win, I suppose over the. I know. I think, the I think it's going to be class. I'm going for a wee rag and bone freshie on uh, on Saturday morning, so I'll be looking fantastic <laughs> at this game. <laughs> Moving on to Edinburgh, you need Callum, and it wasn't a result that I was, I was expecting, if I'm honest. Uh, edgy sport coming through. 2-0 and I, I just yeah Uni a bit on a bit of a slide haven't they really? I, th- I think bit of a slide is an understatement it's it's like that slide at Vogue back in the day you know it's <laughs> it's been you know yeah. not one since November and it's just every single week it's just been going on and on and yeah I, t- I don't really understand how it's been this long I mean four of the players were selected for Scottish student team that took on East Fife yep. during the week there so I mean, the talent's there but look the end of the season cannot come quick enough I think for Union and the Lonely they're not going to go down uh, this year so they've got a good chance to just recharge batteries rebuild boys that will come back another another sort of year older um, a fresh batch of first years you never know but yeah just get to the end of the season and be happy with that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's Gretna this weekend. Uh, funny team, Gretna. We've said it a few times when our teams have, have come up against them. You know, they've mm-hmm. had some tremendous results. They've had some uh, had some shockers in there as well. But it's a huge game. You know, where, where do you want to finish? If if they lose, I think you say they go Well, uh, Gretna, Gretna, I think, are a point, a point behind them at this moment in time. And so, I mean, if they lose, they go down to 13th. I don't think that there's any sort of real danger well no I mean because because of the way relegation is this year with Celtic Celtic sorry Celtic <laughs> um, with Celtic dropping out of the league not not entirely sure on what's happening but uh, I think that it's a game that they've got a right good chance of winning right good chance of getting three points and you know you're just sort of just hoping 
at this moment in time that end end the season on a wee bit of high, only the three games to go. So yeah, just which is surprising, seeing as how many times we've talked about them being stop start. Yeah, but I'm true. sure I'm sure they've played twenty five. So oh. it's just got their games in early. Hi, unless we <laughs> missed the a few, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they've had some, like you say, uni have had some. I mean, they probably gave me the the high one of the highlights of the season. That game against Vale of Leiden. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It's just it's days like that you just think, oh, where's that hunger? Where's that desire to get? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say yeah, the, not I, desire, I think, but where's that? The, yeah, just that spark. Every every time I've seen them, I feel like they have had chances, but they've just not they've not taken them. You yeah. know, and it's been that. Uh, even even when they were three 0 down to Spartans, they were they were creating chances, but just a proven goal scorer. You know, with Abdul, Ab, sorry Abdul Yusuf dropping out dropping out the the team, then it's just yeah. they had a boy, um, Jack Guthrie that they've had for for a good couple of seasons, and and he was their their go to man. He was their striker, great pace, goal scorer. You know he's now. I think he's down south now. He's you know graduated and he's he's away now. But he he's a, he was one of the best strikers in the league. If I'm honest, the games I always played. You know last season against Spartans, uh, when I was there, he was. You could tell he was a, a class above mm-hmm. in terms of f- for the uni, and it, it is difficult to to replace. And you know goal scorers are not easy to come by. You know they're really not. No, no, uh, they certainly aren't. So. I think because they've got themselves in a really good position. I mean, that game against Derby at home where they got beat 1-0 was just mm. absolute daylight robbery. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think just get get three points on Saturday. Don't lose the game. It's a mm. must-not-lose for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that just come the end of the season, regroup and rebuild. Yeah. Okay, Cal, that's the, the Lowland League uh, covered. We'll come back to it at the end and we we'll go through our predictions. But uh, we'll move on to League Two, where Edinburgh City faced off against top of the league, Peterhead, uh, last weekend. And it was uh, nil-nil, both teams cancelling each other out. Again, yeah. there's been a, a couple of draws between the, the two this season. A game of two halves, really. You know, yeah, first half, 100%. first half, Peterhead on top. But second half, City coming back strong, but just couldn't get that killer chance. Yeah. To really, to really, you know, get that goal. I think, you know. But I, I did take see. A point? Well, perhaps Peter Head, a hundred percent, definitely would have. I said that I was going to go along to this game, but I think. Remember that tune, the fat sketch. Where it's like, oh, but I was pissed last night. <laughs> that is a hundred percent what summed up my Saturday. So, um, look. One thousand fifty-seven in attendance. Yeah, incredible. Uh, absolutely fantastic uh, attendance for a League Two game. I think that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put a dampener on it, but. I think the league now. Oh yeah. I love it how you're just straight in, like <laughs> boom, mm-hmm. uh, it's gone. Yeah. But uh, I think that look, they had. This this was a massive chance, and now. You know, we said it last week, Cal, on the podcast. This is this is the last chance well, if they want uh, to win the league. And I still think I still think Peterhead will maybe drop points, but what's he got? Five. It's five points, yeah. but the thing is now, you know, Clyde were out of it. Four points. Clyde are right up City's backside again, and for me, that's that's the bigger danger here. 
because mm. you know City have four or six games left, four away from home, you know, and they play Clyde at home. But the thing mm. is, they're away. They're away games. They've got a. They've got Berwick on Saturday, absolutely fighting for their lives. Last time they were at home, they beat Peterhead two 0 You yeah. know, last time City were at Berwick, two 0 up, with a couple of minutes to go, drew two each. So mm. it's not a happy hunting ground at this moment in time. Not a great place that you want to be going when you're looking for points to still keep yourselves yeah. within the shout of winning the league. Yeah, you've got, they've got to go to Albion Rovers, arguably the form team in League Two right now. Yes, you know that's that's. Well, they've taken ten points at the last twelve games, and they be chucking a, a three point gimme because of the Clyde thing. Yeah, so thirteen I think, points. I think they're absolutely flying. Um, they're not bottom of the league anymore, so fantastic. I mean, I'd love to know if there's like an Albion Rovers podcast. It's all of a sudden been brutal all season, and now they're like place in the world. Uh, but <laughs> you know, like the game, the game on Saturday started off almost in the worst possible way. With a rather uncharacteristic back pass from Matt Laird, who drop uh, pulls one out the sky, fantastic mm. first touch, and then for some reason plays a blinding through ball straight to Rory McAllister, which to be fair, Cal Mantell, that's not the first touch of the ball you're wanting, but gets down well, tips that past the post, so, and you know he he did that very well for the rest of the game. A few fantastic saves, best one had to be from. Willie Gibson's free kick gets up and across well and tips that way but you know when and a shout to Cam as well he joins the the triple appearance club makes a hundred that was his hundred yeah, appearance was 100, for the, the yeah, club um, on, on Saturday so just over what in just shy of three years it's you know fa- fairly impressive but I think that I think he was voted into the the SPFL team, team of the week, week. Yeah, yeah. and as much as that's fantastic when you know, realistically, tells kind, a story, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, tells, tells a story. story of the game in which, mm. you know, you're kind of wanting, you know, Blair Henderson to have been in there, <laughs> uh, or a Scott Shepherd. But yeah. I mean, I'm taking nothing away from Calamity, of course not. Uh, but um, it's a worthy achievement because he was he was fantastic. But kind of wanted them to have an easier day and City to to come away with with three points. But I think that look. They're, they're still there with the playoffs that's an absolute lottery you know it comes down to 180 minutes who knows mm. who knows so but I think that to put themselves in a better frame of mind they need to uh, recapture the early season form Agreed. where it was just win 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 relentless win, you know yeah, like relentless. what 11 12 games in a row yeah you know smashing our growth 4-1 that's that's the form that needs to be rediscovered and I think that look there's there's a good chance that they could go on a wee run but I think I think we really need to. Yeah. Well like you said it's Berwick it's Berwick this weekend and it's a, it's a really interesting you know, when the last went down to Berwick, I'm not sure what the gap would have been between them and Albion Rovers. But at that at that time you'd have gone that are safe. Because Albion yeah, Rovers are probably Albion on, Rovers on about four just, points, one win, yeah, on about four points, they couldn't buy it. Yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't buy a win. But now, Berwick went bottom of the league midweek yeah. last night with Albion Rovers beating being Cowan Beath. So, this is going to be an entirely different Berwick. How are they going to react now to going bottom of the league? They're uh-huh. now the they're now the chasers, you know, for 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 uh, for safety. This isn't this isn't easy. 
This, no, this, this, this isn't a team that's just, just sitting mid-table. You know, take a, maybe like a Queen's Park, maybe an Elgin. That mid-table. Nothing to play for. Nothing really to, really to play for. I think Annan have done enough now to probably secure fourth and in good form themselves. Albion and Berwick are the, probably the two you teams you don't want to play right now. Yeah, and City have to visit both of them. Yeah. Which, you know, they've, they've beaten Albion Rovers four times a season. I would still expect them to make it five, but it's not places that you want to be going and thinking, we need points here. Mm. We need points. And that's that's just not the case. So I think looking at it, it's a, it's a must-win game on Saturday. Uh, look, I was there a couple of weeks ago on the Tuesday night, 1-0. It was... Not entertaining, <laughs> uh, to say the least. I think the City came out the shell, played for 10-15 minutes at the start of the second half, did enough to win the game. But, you know, there was a few times that Berwick got in behind early doors but just didn't have the finishing yeah. To, yeah. to take advantage of that. And they got through in the last minute, but they couldn't They couldn't take the chance. So mm. it's it's one of those where I think that no, it's going to be it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. It's going to be a good game, but... Has to be three points for the citizens. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, Cal, moving on to the Premier League. Hibs and Hearts, obviously not in action due to international, uh, the international break over the weekend, which was uh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a, an interesting uh, was, an interesting was... weekend. But nice to see. We'll start nice to see. You know, Mark McNulty getting minutes more than more than. Well, I mean, probably he was expecting himself I, but I still think that it was ridiculous to bring him on in Kazakhstan with 9 minutes to go yeah. when you know with Scotland are 3-0 down fantastic that's a <laughs> it's a great decision Alex McNulty right no we'll not get started on Scotland because that's disappointing though not to see maybe Suter get more or, or, or any can't game time I believe he didn't start he's yeah. better than Scott McKenna who's absolutely hopeless he looks good in a See, you've got me started. They're good <laughs> in an absolutely shocking Aberdeen team that are just a gang. <laughs> right, they look good in the SPL because they kick lumps out of people and they get away with it or they defend with six at the back. Scott McKenna is an absolute hammer thrower. He is absolute nonsense. And there was a guy from Stenhouse Muir on Twitter that called him out. Right, and played for Stenhouse Muir. Like, played yeah, against right, him. Seen that. Played seen against that. him this season and he's absolute toilet. And I'm like, yes, he is. You know, David Bates, I'm sorry, I don't watch enough Bundesliga 2 mm. highlights because Hertha aren't in it anymore. So, But how John Suter doesn't start is is beyond me. You know, it's just frightening. But hey, in Eck we trust. <laughs> we'll speak hearts then if we speak to Suter there. They're at home to, to Aberdeen on Saturday. And, uh, this is huge, isn't it? It's this, massive. It really it's is massive. massive because... Look, we spoke we spoke last week about how the remaining three fixtures for Hibs and Hearts before the split are well, the two fixtures before the the derby yeah. in just over a week's time, it's it's massive. You know, Hibs go to the, the Tony Macaroni on Friday evening. Sorry, um, on Friday night, and Hibs could be above Hearts. Yeah. Before a ball's kicked, you know, at at Tynecastle, and that just ramps the pressure up because if Hearts say Hearts draw with Aberdeen and Hibs beat Livy you know level on points but Hibs have the superior goal difference so Hibs would be above Hearts and you're sitting there going how's that happened 
you know where mm. where's that come from yeah. and then you know hearts go to let's go to ibrox on the wednesday night hibs host kilmarnock again none of them are givens no nope. but then and then you've all of a sudden got the the derby yeah got the derby god knows what could happen there yeah and then the small matter of hearts having a semi-final the weekend after that yeah big big four games coming up for for hearts massive <coughs> but Aberdeen they beat Aberdeen mm-hmm. last time out the home fixture they've actually got a decent record I think at, at Tynecastle or yeah, over I think Aberdeen even, even when they went into administration managed to beat Aberdeen um, at, at home so I think that it certainly is a team that Hearts have got especially at home yes good memories of playing yes. but you know away from home Pitodri's not exactly been a happy hunting ground for, for them for a, a wee while but I think it's just massive eh? yeah. it's just massive you, you don't know the I think I mean you don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like because I think see see if Hibs are above see if Hibs do beat Livingston then I think the stands are going to be slightly nervy I think it's going to be Christ we need to get points here because if we didn't they could you know, like mm. Hibs could be. And in the same token, Aberdeen, though, three points, it's the old firm game uh, mm-hmm. over on, the weekend. On Sunday, yeah. Over the weekend. So they'll think, you know, if Celtic if Celtic beat Rangers, three points for them, it, it gets them a little bit closer again to, to Rangers, yeah. albeit there's a decent gap there between the two. But. Eight points, but. Yeah, but they're still. They've still got to play them. Yeah, so. potentially. Yeah, so exactly. It's, so it's, it's still, it's it's still uh, there. Um, both teams just desperate for three points. Desperate for three points, I think. You know, talking about Scotland players coming back, you're looking at Graham Shinney will be wanting to put in a performance due to the fact that, well, he was absolutely found out for being, well, no, just he's pish as a footballer. (laughs) So it doesn't matter if he was playing left back or centre mid. I mean, he shouldn't be playing centre mid because there's about eight boys that are better than him. He shouldn't be playing left back because he's pish. (laughs) So, I mean, whichever one you think of. So, you're looking at it and I feel like there's a few players that want to want to try and you know, I mean John Shooter will be like, Well, I want to have, I want to play well because apparently this guy is in front of me in the Scotland team. Fair I'm point. gonna show them I'm yeah. gonna show them exactly why he should be nowhere near a Scotland squad. You yeah, know? I'm going you know, so look, Berra's not see the thing is if if Hearts go three at the back and Berra's uh Left left centre back instead mm-hmm. of in the middle, you know, Aberdeen. I'm not sure if McKay Stephen is fit or not, but I mean Niall McGinn and what the boy uh, McLennan. McLennan, yeah, yeah, they're absolutely flyers. Right? Yeah, Aberdeen will knock the ball in behind Berra because they know he's uncomfortable running towards his own goal. Yeah, so they will attack down that side, and that is that is a danger. Interesting little battle, but yeah. Like that you is, say, that's yeah, an interesting 100%, tactical. 100% that that's going to be. I think issue. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, hearts, hearts have to get on top in the midfield. Um, just Peter Herring just goes absolutely through Graham Anything Shinney. That moves. No, just Graham Shinney to start off with. <laughs> um, I think the thing is, Berra is going to absolutely relish going up against Sam Cosgrove. I think that that's, that's what, like, Crystal Berra is that type of. Uh, centre centre half he loves the big centre forwards where yeah. you know it's just going to be an absolute battle all day you know they're just going to be just kicking lumps at each other mm. that is Christoph Berra's absolute bread and butter he loves that it's going to be such a tactical battle because 
McInnes will know that as well. Yeah. McInnes will know that Cosgrove so better. He, 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 he might. He might change it. He might change it You might go like James well. Wilson. Stevie May. Never, oh. I don't. Um, you just, it's just going to be really Aberdeen, eh? <laughs> <laughs> almost, it's just, it's almost be dropped a few clangers. It's just... going to be interesting. I, I actually, yeah, I, I think I think Hearts will win. Actually, I do. I think Uchi will will cause will, will cause uh, Aberdeen problems. No. And I think if Aber if Hearts get it right and get support in and around him, yeah. I think they'll get success. I hope I hope Uchi absolutely annihilates uh, Scott McKenna. I hope he like just. Ruins him that much that he retires on the spot after the game. <laughs> you know, just absolutely dominates him. You know, Scott McKenna goes to bed and like just has nightmares about Big Uche dominating <laughs> him constantly all afternoon. Other news coming out of Tynecastle today. Naismith, apparently, according to the record, has turned snubbed the MLS. Therefore, a permanent deal at Hearts looks closer. However, we, we take that with a pinch of salt. Because it's the daily record and it's Keith Jackson. So Yeah, you know. but the, if you look at papers closer at home, progress has been made. That's that's, yeah, that's the word. Progress been made for Naismith, Jume and Harry. Well, I mean, surprising if uh, they all sort of come through. I mean, Uchi extended his contracts. You know, Haring's, Haring's deal's not up. I'm sure he signed a, a two-year deal. Hearts, Hearts unfortunately got themselves in a... A bit of a bind with guys like Mallory Martin getting three year deals under Catherine and that so it's um that's it's interesting, you're sort of tied to him but he's he's never gonna play for yeah. the first team again, so but I think guys like Haring well worth a decent deal if they can get Ju uh, Jim to re sign, that's I think that's massive. So, you know, it's I think encouraging signs coming out from from the sort of media hearts, hearts ah. <laughs> Arch media. Well, I'm like standing there, you're just like ignoring me for the rest of the day. I'm like, oh, I don't know. What to do. uh, but I tell I tell you right now, this is um, this is something that we spoke about on Friday night. You've been a champion of the way to get Hearts fans back on side is by playing youngsters like Harry Cochran and Aidan Keener. And there was an interesting point made on Friday night. And it is, what are these guys doing yeah. to put themselves in front of Craig Levin to say, this is what you should be... Yeah. This, I mean, uh, Harry Cochran, I think, is taking a stretch, but he's still very lightweight. You know, is he smashing the gym to to you know, put on, like, half stone and muscle to make himself harder to show off the ball? Mm. Is he putting that effort in to then... You know, say, look, well, this is what I'm doing. I, I'm should, ready. I should be in yeah. your in your plans. Yeah. You know, it's all well and good just saying, oh, we've got these these talented young boys. But you know, you look at you look at Ryan Poch, he's an absolute bear. You know, he's he's absolute like man mountain material. Um, you know, I think even Ollie Shaw worked hard in the gym. But you look at guys like Jamie McCluskey, absolutely never worked hard in the gym. You know, yeah. like he, he used to get brought on when Tony Mowbray's hips were like four or five now up. Because knew that it was never going to be, you know, too many bad tackles going in, so it was okay to bring him on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, right. I mean, the debate was brought, you know, was spoke about on Friday, and it's an interesting point. You know, what's going to happen to Cochrane? Is he going to, is he going to take it seriously? Is he? Well, I'm sure he does. But what I mean yeah. is, is it is he, is he going to go? No, I want to go right to the top here because when he first came on, 
he was uh, on the scene sorry 16 17 slight you can understand that comes on sets it alight you mm-hmm. know he does so well against Celtic and for those remaining games he done great and and then it's just hit a bit of a, a dead end at the moment well, what is he doing in his career to really push on because if he doesn't you could easily still see him at Hearts in 10 years time well if he's lucky if he's lucky he's still at Hearts in 10 years time because if he's not putting any sort of effort in uh, in terms of like you know building his physique and then you know chapping the manager's door etc and he's just going through the motions could easily find himself released at the end of the contract work his way down the lower league because you know for a fact with a Hearts conveyor belt that they've had uh-huh. of youth systems coming through and the fact that they've got a very good youth a very good youth academy yeah. from f- kids right all the way up to, to reserve um, but there's going I to be others coming through just, all the time just to sort of compare it to another sort of 16, 17 year old who is absolutely flying down south for Chelsea is a uh, Billy Gilmore yeah. now Billy Gilmore is you know totally wee guy but he's working his socks off trying to be this trying to be that he's playing every single time for Scotland you know he's been benched for Chelsea you know he's 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 getting he's getting, getting rewards close. he's getting close for yeah. and, and that's that's Chelsea mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know now there's nothing to say that that couldn't be done yeah I, I just think it's a really interesting debate and it's something that we could yeah, it speak, might, it we, might, it but it's something sound, but it's something we could speak about all day because Scottish it, football has got that problem. We have got guys that are just footballers. I know. And it's like, look, yeah. I'm not a weird. Oh, I actually play for Motherwell, but <laughs> but the, but we know. I know so many players that are are class. You know, absolutely class. You know, and I, I play with so many players when I was at boys' club level. I mean, we go down south and we play teams that are meant to be the best and in the, the Lanc- uh, Lancashire area we go down there we win that cup we play all these different teams and you think God but then suddenly we get to 17 18 uh, and baby. it just stops baby. it just stops well baby. maybe there's the, but the 100% is baby there's something you know, that's and, just stopping them. and the thing is it, it, it might sound like look we're, we're singling out Harry Cochran we're having a go at him 100% not I mean, light years ahead of the footballing ability that, that oh, I possess. So, you know, he's I mean, he's very talented. And the what what we're sitting here saying is that how far can he go and how much is he willing to push himself to get to that level? Yeah. You know, because that, that's it at the end of the day. Because he could probably, the sort of physique that he's got just now, he could probably have a very comfortable career maybe in and around the, the, the Premiership or the Championship, the sort of upper echelons, or... You know, he could he could go for it. You know, I he agree. could really push himself. Yeah. Listen, when Alex Harris first came onto the scene, everyone was thinking this is this is the boy that's gonna he he's the next Stephen Fletcher. That that was that was the conversations around mm. Hibs fans. He's the one that's gonna go down south and do well and make a career out of it in the Premiership down south and in the Championship down south. And it just didn't it just didn't work out. But the same goes for Harry Cochrane. You know, well, I mean, you look, absolutely. You look at. Um, it is there for him. One of the most successful, I think, to come out of Hearts uh, in the last five years is Callum Patterson. Agreed. I've got a lot of time for him. I think, I think he's just a fantastic athlete. Now, when he first came on the scene, yeah, I mean, he's what six foot two, um, so he already had he already had the height. But 
when he was when he first came into that Hearts team and he was like being used up front, right winger, he already had that physique mm. and he's just an absolute athlete. An athlete, yeah, you absolutely. A hundred percent. So that's why he's getting used at right back, centre forward, playing off the striker. Yeah. Because the thing is, regardless of where you're putting him, you know that he's gonna give you a shift. Yeah. You know that he's gonna run himself into the ground and you know, he's just constantly working and that is that is if you want to go because let's be honest down south is is where it that's where it is in terms of, of club football Yeah, that's where that's where players up here are striving to go can I get down south can I get the big move well they are absolute well, athlete, what, yeah, they are look, absolute look many, athletes down there look how many go so young mm. you know and you know we've, we've 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 spoken privately about this but I mean we will have you know an interview with someone who has gone down south and has made the grade down there. Yeah. You know, very, very shortly. And I think that to to get to that sort of level, you know, the sacrifices that you must put in and the the time and really just push yourself. Mm. You know, it certainly wasn't for me because, you know, I'm sitting here <laughs> and you know but I think that it, it comes to a point in your in your professional career and I think that if you want to if you want to go and strive to be the best, you've got to work. I mean look at Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale was, you know, almost out the door at Tottenham Hotspur. He was almost getting sold to Birmingham for three million pound. <laughs> right? Gets his head down, works, destroys a what's it, Micon yeah. uh, into Milan. He gets that hat trick and then boom. The rest is history. Look at him that I mean yeah. Real Madrid, however many Champions Leagues. But yeah. that's that's it. If you and I I know I I was ridiculed when I said this like five years ago and I said that Callum Patterson could be Scotland's answer to Gareth Bale. And the reason I said that and is because he has the sort of similar physique. He mm-hmm. can get up and down and he's got an absolute rocket of a shot on him. He's fantastic in the air. And honestly, I, like, I've, I've put it out there before and I'm using an even wider public forum now to say that I still believe that Callum Patterson could be Scotland's answer to Gareth Bale. That somewhat falls in... I don't want to speak about this anymore. Uh, uh, I swear to God, if you are going to bring up Nicky Maynard and Pele, I'm switching the podcast off and we're never doing it again. <laughs> but it's pure football and evolution, Cal. No, you're I, not... I, no, 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 no. Because I'm talking about two players that are playing at the same time, that have similar physiques, that could easily go on... Like, I'm not saying that Callum Patterson is going to play for Real Madrid, but they could go on similar career paths. You are saying that Nicky Maynard... At that time. <coughs> at that time at Bristol City, was better than Pelé. Now, I know that Pelé talks a lot of... Like, for a guy, like, oh, I scored three million goals. Like, I Like, in the back garden against your Burns, mate. But... There is no way in hell that a man who won three World Cups and Nicky Maynard can be used in the same break. No, 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 I'm done. I'm done. Do the, rest, do the rest of the podcast yourself. Football and evolution. Put my shoes on. Hibs, they face Livingston on Friday night. This is going to be difficult because Carmen's actually taken the huff. Uh, Hibs are away to, to Livingston on Friday night. It wasn't a good hunting ground the last time Hibs were, were through there. Carmen, you were there. Oh, yeah, um, it was a fantastic trip. Thanks. I Thanks think for reminding the, me of that. The Astro at that time was, I think, its peak of. Well, I think I think it was after that game. No, sorry, it wasn't after that game. It was after Rangers got beat that they were told that they had to iron, uh, sorry, iron, Hoover the place to get yeah. rid of some of the, the black pellets. But I think that. 
Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. It didn't help that Hibs had a team out that day that was pretty brutal. Yeah, there was uh, <coughs> changes right through. I think one one thing now, this this for the first time actually in a long time with Hibs, certainly this season, you can almost pick the starting eleven. You know, and and possibly. But when you see the team, you go, yeah, that's what we're playing today. But Whereas in the past, I'll tell you right now why. That could easily not be the case. Uh, there could be a slight headache at centre-half centre because a, a, lo- a, a welcome headache. Mm-hmm. You know, McGregor's back from suspension, Milligan, Hanlon, Spectre came through some minutes uh, on Monday night against Ross County in the reserves, which I think was Hibs' seventh win in a row in the reserve league, which yeah, now puts them top. Yeah. Which I think they had a shocking start to the season, so that's actually really impressive. But and there's another thing, Cam. I know we're going off topic here. There's another there thing. Go. There we go. But there's Hibs last season, the double. Yes, the the under twenties double. Yeah, you know you've got on the same token. There's players in Hibs. I know they're going to Harry Cockin chat, but there's players at Hibs. You know, Hibs and Hearts will give youth the opportunity. We've seen that. Porteous, Shaw, uh, Fraser Murray sniffing around now. All these players get spoke about. And they have the potential as well to really, if they want it, to really kick on and then be the next Hibs golden generation if they want. Mate, it's bevy and gear. I, I feel like I feel like that's that's it. You ask however many guys that you know that were good at at a certain level, as soon as it got to seventeen, eighteen and they had the choice between going out and, you know, pulling birds, etc. Or staying in on a Friday night, staying in on a Saturday night and just working, you know, gym every single day, training, double sessions. You you ask guys yeah. what what they would rather and especially at that age and the ones that, you know, put put the work in are the ones that, that make it. The ones that, you know, go out every hmm. I always remember what was it? Elias Wagner or something like that. He was a, he was at Hibs and then he went to Hearts. Said he was homesick at Hibs and two weeks later signed for Hearts. <laughs> I used to see him. Why not every single Friday? Mm. Used to always just uh, as I don't. We always used to get VIP through Robbo because that was just his job back in the day. So we would sit at VIP and like I didn't know the guy. I never met him. We'd always come over to our table with a tray full of like vodka lemonades and I'd be like, all right. Um, I don't know you but Get him a 10 year deal Cheers mate um, <laughs> So aye, I think why not did But look that That's that's the Yeah possibly But Let's hope these guys Because there's no doubt Hibs and Hearts Have got strong academies They do well Every year At that, at that thing It's just yep. Can we get And this is talking about Scotland as well The bigger well, picture 100%. The bigger picture Of Scottish football then, That's that's why We're sitting here saying Look Harry Cochran That's why you're wanting him. We need you. Ah, exactly. <laughs> Look, come on. Yeah. It's been 20 years since we made a major tournament. It's yeah. looking like it's going to be 22. Please, mate. Yeah. Or guys Aye. in general. You know, Hibs won the, the, the Cup double there last season, League Cup double. Can they do it? But back to Hibs, Livingston. It has to be three points. It's going to be tough, though, isn't it? Because Livy. Livy or Livy. Yeah, they're, they're, tough to, they're tough to beat. They're tough to yeah, beat. Well, They've done well at home against the big teams this season as well. Yeah, I think so. But I think that it's it's a game that Hibs, Hibs could win. I, I wouldn't want to see Ryan Gold risked on that pitch with the sort of 
bigger games to come. Well, or no, more games to come. Just the fact that Livy could absolutely batter him, but you know the fact that he's back and he scored. What are you doing? Right, the fact that he's back and he scored, you, you do not want me to say that on the podcast. Uh, Picking my feet. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, the fact that he's back and he scored, yeah. like, that's massive. Yeah, agreed. A player that, as we've said, kind of gone under the radar that we forgot we've actually, mm-hmm. Hibs have actually got that player in place because Hibs, they've done really well since Heck and Bottom's come in. Oh, 100%. I'm sorry, but... Anyone sitting there saying that Heckenbottom hasn't done a good job needs their head checked because unbeaten in the league and beat off Celtic in the Scottish Cup, let's be honest, beat off Celtic in the Scottish Cup, that is no disgrace when they literally just hired a manager who knew Easter Road but Easter Road backwards. Now let's be honest, Neil Lennon knew the team knew everything about the team. Yeah. Like it's not exactly oh like they've brought in some like Ronnie Dyla type who's never heard the Hibs. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have a clue what's going on. Uh, Neil Lennon's getting glared off by Tam McCourt. I mean like yeah. let's be honest. So <laughs> he's he's had a fantastic start and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be tough. It is gonna be tough. Yeah, exactly. But if Hibs want to finish above Hearts, perhaps by the end of the season, chase, it, it would go. Europe. It would go a very, a very chase long Europe. way. It would go a very long way. Three points. Certainly would. Certainly yeah. would. Okay, Cal. Last thing on Hibs. Do you think McNulty getting called up for Scotland and and playing? You know, ninety minutes on uh, Sunday there. Well, almost ninety. Almost ninety, and then he he, he played. You know, got some minutes over in Kazakhstan. Do you think that's put? A little bit of a, a spanner in the works. A spanner in the works to try and get him long term. I think I think purely just his form that he's he's displayed has put a spanner in the works. I don't think that you know Reading will be sitting there going, oh, aye, aye, let's just let him go for peanuts. So as soon as peanuts are off the table, that's his price range absolutely <laughs> gone. So yeah, I don't I can't as much as I would love to see Martin Nolte in a hip strip for years to come, I just unfortunately cannot see it. But yeah. Okay. Moving on to our predictions. We'll start on Friday night where it is Livingston against Hibbs. What do you think, Cal? I came what? 3 0 Hibbs. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I think Hibbs won as well, but I think it's going to be tight. I don't think, I can't see a. Uh, 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 some, <laughs> that's a, some some result. That'll be that'll be, that'll be some weird trip. That um, I'll Hibs. I'll go for two one Hibs. Two one Hibs. Two one Hibs. Yep. Hearts against Aberdeen on on Saturday. Cal. Hearts against Aberdeen. I. I mean, honestly, depending on the starting lineups, that could change constantly. But this moment in time, one 0 Hearts. Yeah, I'll go two one hearts. I think they'll win as well. I think they'll come through. Was it one that was it one 0 It was two one. Two one. It was two one at Tiny and Hearts got beat two 0 up at Petodre. Yeah, I think it'll be two one. I think it'll mirror that. Uh, League two, Berwick against Edinburgh City. Cal. Look, City need a win, but in all honesty, the the form that they're showing, I'm not sure that they can go down there and, and get the three points. So, I know it, I think this must be might be the first time. I've not predicted the team to win, but I think that's going to be one each. One each, yeah. I was angling towards that as well. 
I just think Yeah, I, I just think Berwick are gonna be a different proposition because they've now gone because they've now gone bottom. And I I just think it's I think it could go one of two ways, I think. Oh don't get me wrong, I think Berwick, it, Berwick, it could easily Berwick, go down there and win. Yeah, Berwick go bottom and they crumble or Berwick go bottom and they show some resolve and Let's be honest though, at City can find, as we said, the form they showed in that, that in that winning yeah, run. 100%. There's no reason why they can't go I'm, down I'm here. I'm hoping it's a little bit of reverse psychology. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Civil against smart. hundred <coughs> percent. Easy for me to say. A hundred percent. There's a big fence out there and I am sitting right atop it. And I will say... That, that will be a very entertaining two all draw. Two all, I'll go one all. I think I'll mirror, mirror the, the game at um, Ainsley Park. I think both teams will have chances that they'll think, oh, I had chances to win that game. Mm. But then on the same time, they'll come away with it, it goes, Poof. could have lost that game. Could have lost that game. Yeah, so, I think it will. I think it will. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be. I'm happily going to sit on the fence there. Happily yeah, going to sit two, on the two fence. Two two and one one. And then we finish with Embry Uni against Gretna. 6 1 Uni. <laughs> Reverse psychology? Give what? <laughs> um, I think there will be goals, actually. I do. I think it's going to be 3 2 to Edinburgh Uni. There we go. Yeah. I swear to God, if it's 6 1 to Edinburgh Uni, I'm due something. <laughs> imagine, it's like, for life. imagine it's like 5 1 in like the last minute or something. <laughs> it's, just like, it's like 6 1 going in injury time. Cakes for life. 6 2. Uh, <laughs> no, in my luck, it'd be like. Uh, it's like, uh, what cake do I hate? Uh, carrot cake, there we go. I was about to say carrot and coriander, but I was like, that's a soup. Okay. <laughs> I'd take carrot cake if you're offering. <sighs> well, why then, mate? Why then? <laughs> okay, Cal, that's all. Anything else to add? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. All covered? Uh, aye, I think so. All covered. If you're offering us comps, uh, civil on, on Saturday, you know where to find us. That's all. (laughs) I've been Andrew. Shameless. Uh, And I've been Cal. And that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast.